You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot, a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football 24-7, and that was the greatest part of, of Chad. Times at times the early Part, I would tell him when we were throwing deep passes, I said, don't wait too long, you know, because I'm going to get away. If you ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, Duke, it looks like Duke's in a waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us uh, a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy? Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey. I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> Have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do it. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking Football with Bengal Jim and friends. But damn, what a hell of a weekend uh, in Tampa. Uh, Tony was down there. I know you guys were watching, man. But what a what an unbelievable, what an amazing game. Tale of two halves, man. So we'll talk. We're going to get into that game later. Later, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Hey, we got Logan Wilson to start the show tonight. So uh, you know what? We're not even going to play around with this, guys. Let's go ahead and pull Logan on now if you can. Logan, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy? What's up, guys? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, Logan said he didn't have to go to the hot tub or, you know, every, he feels great after the game, uh, a Tampa well, game here, but <laughs> Logan's still pretty damn good. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Um, Logan, I, I know you've probably never watched the show. We've had a lot of your teammates on, a lot of former players. Man, we just search the archives for any videos or pictures that we can find of our guests to put them in a kind of a, you know, a little spot here. We did a Kay Adams last week. She got a little frustrated with me about her hairdo that we, of a video that we showed from like seven or eight years ago. We got one of you we want to play. And usually it's a highlight, you, you know, what you did in high school or as a youth. I mean, you went to – is it Natrona County High School, Logan? Is that right? Natrona County High School, yeah. Okay. So you played wide receiver. You were a defensive back. You were a punter. You were even a place kicker, right? Yep. All right. So I got this video here. Uh, this was one I didn't know about, um, if I can find this thing again. Uh, here it is right here. Work. Logan Wilson was called on for a 50-yard field goal try. That's quite a stretch in high school, and maybe he was hitting them in practice, but this one is short, and in high school. Okay, were you hitting them in practice, Logan, or not? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I remember how far that was. That was my sophomore year. That was a 50-plus-yard field goal. i got to send that to Evan. Evan's got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I made a 53-yarder once in a game, but – that was the furthest one. I attempted a 60-yarder in, in the Oil Bowl my junior year, um, and it was just short. But uh, that's, that's 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 funny stuff, man. When I saw that video, I was like, I could have had some other videos, but I'm going to show him kicking a field goal here, trying to take And missed it, of course. You know, my bad, man. I couldn't find the ones you made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
I guess I'm going to start off with one more video. We'll get the videos out of the way here because we want to get to a few viewer questions as well. And I know we all have a question for you. Uh, man, last year, what a hell of a run it was, Logan. I know you came in in 2020. I think you were the, the at 19, 2020, the third round pick. You were the highest draft pick out of Wyoming, uh, out of Wyoming, a native to the state to be drafted in college, which was an, something I didn't know until today. Um, but man, last year, uh, Logan, uh, you played a critical part in the entire season. I'm going to play this short, short video here. One of the Another game we were at last year, but I'll play this video. I'd like, like for you to comment about this video as well. what happens when you hustle to the ball. He's right there for the interception. Given the Bengals excellent field position with 20 seconds. I think everybody know what happened next, Logan, after that interception. So talk about that. Had to be one of the biggest interceptions in your career, college and uh, NFL. I would assume. Yeah, it was. It was huge. Um, <clears throat> it was a big play by Eli, obviously, to to bat that pass. And um, you know, as the announcer said, that's something I've always prided myself on. Was just running to the ball because you never know, you know, the position that you're going to put yourself in just by having constant effort. Um, and so that's something I pride myself on, and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Oh man, it was. Uh... It was, it was an awesome uh, feeling, brother, because I was scared as hell. I thought they were going to march down and kick a field goal. Then that happens. Like, we flipped the script on them, man. It was an yeah. awesome play. That was awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tom, go ahead, brother. I know you had a couple uh, couple for uh, Logan. Logan, thanks first for your time tonight. Um, this defense, I mean, you guys, you embody the team, how well you guys work together. And, you know, from the untrained eye up in the stands, how well you, well you guys communicate with each other. I'm just wondering, what do you attribute that to? Is it is it? What happens at practice? Is it what happens in meetings? Is it all the above? Or is it just the special guys you got, you have as teammates? You know, I think it's all the above. Um, and I think the one, the biggest thing is, um, you know, I think that you can attribute it to is we trust each other. You know, we trust that everyone is going to do their 111th um, to the best of their ability on every play. And that's not saying guys aren't going to make mistakes, but, um, you know, we don't point fingers. We just kind of rally and move on to the next play because that's part of this game. And we understand that. And, um, you know, that just also goes back to the guys that we have in the locker room. Coach Taylor and the front office have done an incredible job of bringing unselfish guys on the team that ultimately just want to win, and that's a big reason for our success. Tom, go ahead. I think you, you have another one. Tom? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, as you prep every week, what has been the toughest quarterback you and the defense have had to prep for thus far in your career? Yeah, I feel like it was probably last week, you know, facing Tom Brady, a guy that's played 23 years in the league. Um, there's literally not a coverage that he hasn't seen. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, um, you know, being poised and understanding where he's going to try to work with the ball and things like that. And, um, I mean, it was obviously an honor to go play against a guy like him. Mark? Hey, how you doing, Logan? Um, my first question is, you know, when I take a look at the snap counts, I mean, you're generally – playing every single snap, you know, I think last week you played all 74 snaps uh, that we had. I was just wondering, is there, you know, something coming from college to the pros that you do to be able to maintain that level? Uh, being able to play like the whole game. Yeah, because you also have the green dot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, for me personally, I mean, I take a lot of pride in taking care of my body to be able to, you know, do that kind of stuff. And, um, there's a lot of work that goes on off the field for what I put on the field. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is just like I'm, I'm a firm believer in you practice how you play. So if you're not going to practice with good effort, or you're not going to practice with good technique. It's not going to show up on Sundays. Um, so a lot of that kind of stuff starts in practice. OK, cool. And also I have one more question. Who is the biggest smack talker when you're out there? on the defense to me i think it would be either eli apple or dj readers just who's the one chirping at the other team uh both those guys do talk a lot of smack but trey hendrickson also talks a lot of smack i don't know if you guys <laughs> he's no idea he's a good smack talker himself okay thank you <laughs> yeah so hey, thanks thanks everybody for tuning in uh, as you watch right now whether the platform you're watching on youtube uh facebook or twitter i think your questions jamie's going to pop up a few questions for us you obviously somebody see somebody missing on the screen tonight. Uh, 
Uh, Jamie, I'm sorry, James is down in the Keys right now doing some snorkeling uh, and some fishing. So he'll be back with us here next week. But uh, Tony, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I just have one question. Uh, first off, Logan, thanks for coming on to the show. Appreciate your time. Yeah. So uh, as you were growing up, who was the football player, role model, or coach that has influenced you for the way that you play today? Oh, man. I grew up a Denver Broncos fan. So, um, and I, you know, prior to college, I'd never really, I'd never played linebacker. So I was a defensive back and I was a huge fan of Chant Bailey um, and the way that he played the game. Um, just growing up, he was probably my favorite player. Thanks. Got it. Got it. All right, let's talk about your 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 position group, Logan. I mean, talk about those guys. I mean, you guys got a hell of a room right there. Yeah, I mean, it's I and mean, we got a lot of young guys too. You know, I think I think about I want to say six of us are for all from the same draft class. We got Joe Bocci, Akeem, Marcus, me, Clay, and Keandre are all from the same class, and then Jermaine is our oldest in our room. Um, so. You know, we've got we we're getting a lot of experience and, um, you know, our, our position coach is doing a good job with us. And I think that, you know, we're playing at a high level right now. Good. Um, so I got to ask, I, I was talking to a bunch of folks, some some folks close to you. I don't know how to ask this question, but if it's flops, I don't care. They, you went to Wyoming. They said some crazy things happen in Wyoming. I don't know what that means, but what are some of the things that happen in Wyoming that don't happen anywhere else? In terms of that flop, that flop, well, I, I can well, we for some I juice. Not be able to help you. We ride our horses to school still. <laughs> really? For real? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm from Canada. People ask me if we skate to school, so I get it, yeah, man. I totally go. understand. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, how's my thing, you know, There's coast to coast. Everybody's freaking out. I'm listening to NFL Network and everything today about the temperatures, you know, the bears are going to, it's going to be 11 degrees with horrible wind chill. It's going to be cold in, uh, in Foxborough this weekend. It's going to be cold in Baltimore, blah, blah, blah. Logan, when these guys are talking about playing football and, you know, 10 degrees, 15 degrees, I would think in Wyoming in November and December, that's just a, it's not a big deal. My, my state championship, my senior year, we played it at the university of Wyoming stadium. Um, I think it was, I want to say it was close to like negative 20 with the wind chill at kickoff. Wow. So when you talk, so what are you going to do? If you took your helmet off and you wanted to put it back on, you were just going to pierce and slice your skin because they would just get rock hard. So you just never took your helmet off. And like you, I had frost on the inside of my face mask. Just from breathing. And that was like in so November, hard. wasn't it? It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought you'd be the one going out this weekend in the cold weather in New England, like no sleeves, you know, ready to go. You know, I did it that once in college, and I was just like, well, this is – what am I doing? This is just I – mean, what, <laughs> what am I trying to prove to people? You know, this is pointless. All I'm going to do is get myself sick. <laughs> I'm gonna be the that's your badass. Bro. That's what you do. You know what? There's no sleeves on it. Come on. Yeah, but we don't need them. We don't need a sick for for another no, run. We don't want don't a sick. Want to be sick. No. <laughs> I was because they'll say you know guys won't wear sleeves to try to intimidate the opponent. It's like you play football. Is that not already intimidating? Like not wearing sleeves is going to intimidate a guy. And I, I think know, some people play in that intimidation factor. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come out with thermals and a scarf on Sunday. Shit. Yeah. Uh, All right, Jamie. Jamie, go ahead. I know we have a ton of viewer questions for Logan. All right, perfect. Uh, I'll throw a couple up here, Logan. Like we said, we really appreciate your time. Um, Greg, one of our longtime viewers, watches every week. He was wants to know what the draft process was like for you. Shoot, my draft process was weird because it was COVID. So, you know, I I was. I did the. I went to the combine and Senior Bowl, and then I I went back to the to Laramie, Wyoming, I think, and it was like five days before my pro day. I got my pro day in, and I think I was one of like I don't know how many pro days it was before they started shutting the whole country down. Um, and then I had actually taken and like they call it the top thirty visit, and I went to the the Eagles. And I was there, and while I was there, they were sending people like out of the building to leave like temporarily I didn't, they didn't know how long and so you know as soon as i i left i you know i landed in denver at the airport and 
the DIA was just a ghost town. It was crazy, you know, during COVID. Um, so uh, the draft process was weird. We were going to go to Vegas and, you know, be in Vegas for the draft. Just had a little Airbnb and ended up having to just do it at, at home and um, had to set up a little camera on an iPad in my, in my living room and watch the draft from home. Yeah, that's it was definitely a weird time. Uh, so as people on the screen here, we – live and breathe this team, watch everything. We can't help but notice that the Bengals seem to really come out strong in the second half. Another viewer, Augie, wants to know, what's the key adjustment in the second half this past week? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we just settle down and play our brand of ball. Sometimes we just, um, you know, sometimes guys just make mistakes and and that's just part of the game. And they are also, you know, playing well on, on offense. And the biggest thing is we just settle down and play our brand of ball and um, you know, we know what we're capable of. Sometimes there's a little more adjustments here and there, but um, at the end of the day, we control what we can. Cool. Got a couple more here. Um, Josh would like to know what's your favorite thing to do in Cincinnati? Oh, man. When you have the, time to do I was going to stay with my, with my limited free time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like my wife and I like to try new new food spots a lot. I wouldn't, maybe not new, but we like to go out to dinner a lot. Okay. So that actually piggybacks off Emily's question. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant to eat at in Cincinnati? I think right now I'd have to go with Soto. Oh, that's, that's my wife and I's anniversary spot every year. That place is the best. Uh, yeah. We, I, it's, I mean, it's so good. I had their summer menu and I had some, something, I had like some prosciutto on cantaloupe and it was just doesn't sound good, but I tried it and it was just unbelievable. And then their pasta, I mean, I can go on. They're, it's a really good spot. Did you get their donuts? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I... <laughs> hey, hey, people that are watching right now, don't laugh at it. You go to a real nice restaurant. They have these little ricotta ball donuts. It's ridiculous. Man, they're and they're so warm. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. Bad, uh, we'll, do, we wanna, we'll do. We wanna, we wanna on this. No, it's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll do two more quick ones here. Um, what do you feel was the bigger victory for you this season? The win over Tampa and Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Um, in terms of our team, I would probably say that Kansas City win. Um, yeah. just, for, just because they're in the AFC. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then last question. Uh, Brandon, longtime viewer as well. Not to look too far ahead, but how much are you looking forward to going against Josh Allen January 2nd? Yeah, that that mean will be fun. I mean, we got a lot of friends and family that are coming out for that, and I know there's a lot of like Wyoming people back home that are looking forward to it, um, just because it's a, a unique game. You know, you don't get to play very often against your former teammate, who's one of, if not one, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it'll be it'll be a cool opportunity. Cool. Uh, well, hey, man. Logan, I know we had you for a limited amount of time, but I appreciate your time. But I, we also want to let the viewers know we're kind of tied. This would be the first time three years, three seasons that we've had, that we've actually had our guest going to stay on for the uh, this particular charity duck race we're doing. So, uh, Tony, talk about right now, if you could, uh, give everybody an update on how many ducks were sold and how much was raised. And I'm going to have uh, Logan uh, talk about uh, what we're doing on this fundraiser and why. Sure. Uh, so Logan reached out, if you guys know, and uh, we uh, started a duck race uh, this week for a uh, signed uh, white uh, Logan Wilson jersey um, that was used uh, during the Pittsburgh game. And uh, he reached out to us in uh, an effort to uh, raise funds. Uh, so we sold over um, 160 something ducks uh, for this uh, duck race, which has uh, earned us um, $8,150 uh, to go towards his uh, um event that he's uh, going to talk about, uh, which actually brings our total this year up to uh, 96, over $96,000. So uh, you guys have done really Unbelievable. Cool, man. Awesome. Unbelievable. 96 grand, guys. We're not even through the season. Our goal was 75. We bumped it to 100. Uh, but how many charities now, Tony? About 16, 17 charities we worked with this year? Uh, yeah, Logan's would uh, be the 17th that we worked with. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to put this picture up here, and, and I want you to talk about this family right here and, and what we're doing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there are neighbors that live down the street from us, um, and my wife got to know them, and th them and their parents, or uh, Ryan's parents, live down the street from us, and, um, you know, she, 
it just kind of got on her heart after she found out that um, the mom has breast cancer and she's going through treatments right now. It just kind of put on her heart that I, you know, her and I have this platform, you know, with the NFL that we can kind of use to give back to a family like them. And, um, you know, we just, after, after, after we talked about it, um, you know, I reached out to my marketing guy and figured out that, that we should get the game worn Jersey from the Pittsburgh game. And, um, they reached out to you guys and we're just, you know, trying to raise as much money for them to help, um, you know, pay for the medical bills. Yeah. So you guys, awesome. Day Nation, eight thousand one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, we marvel at this stuff all all the time. Yeah, huge. So, so Logan has no idea what he's getting in, ready to get into here. Logan, <laughs> just look at last last week. Last week we had Kay Adams on. I know Kay had interviewed you. She was talking to me about her interview with you before it came out, and uh, we told her about this duck race, and she was mortified. She thought we were like stapling duck uh, stapling names on ducks and everything. So here's what we're doing, guys. We can only, we can only do so many ducks at a time. So we're doing two heats here. There's uh, a lot of ducks. We, we can only do 100 ducks at a time. So Jamie, uh, Jamie's going to do two different heats. The winner of those heats will play in the championship duck run. It's the first time we've ever done it like this. So uh, Tom is our duck caller on this, and uh, we'll just go ahead and kick it off here, uh, Jamie. All right. So the first heat, we have 73 names. Second heat will be – I'm not sure how many names, but we'll see in a second. So winner of the first heat will go head-to-head -head against the winner of the second heat, and that person's going to win – the signed jersey. Here we go. And number one. Go ahead, Tom. A little shorter for the uh, for the heat. Looks like the COVID duck, as it normally does, is charging to the lead, along with the uh, <laughs> lime green state of Ohio highway patrol green duck. The guy with the vest on. Okay, so Logan, the first thing to know about this is the person leading early never wins. <laughs> Coming down the, the person rest. leading early never. You Here do not come. want to lead early. Up. Here we go. See. Uh oh. And there a purple it takes it. Out of nowhere. All right, Eric Gunn. Eric Gunn. You got a spot in the finals, Eric. You got a spot in the finals. So we'll kind All of right. chat a little bit as he gets the second one set up here. I think he's got to cut and paste some things into this. So, so Logan, Logan, just so you know, this is great. This is great for like plane rides and bus rides. Everyone throws twenty bucks in. You set some ducks. Like, just let you <laughs> sounds know. like a great this, way this to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jimmy. I'll set the second one up while you guys are talking. Yep, yep. So uh, Eric's got a spot in the finals there. Game ward jersey. Uh, Logan, we were in Pittsburgh for that game. Uh, that was the coldest game of the year so far. Uh, a little chilly. Uh, the city near West Virginia is how we what we call them, Logan. By the way, um, I think we're going to get colder as the year goes on, but it doesn't matter because that's when we're going to play our best uh, towards the end of the season here, going into the playoffs. So, second second heat here, semifinals. Yeah, you guys, will someone write down the winner from the first one for me, just so put it in the private chat for me, so I can make yeah. sure I said it properly. Hold on, right, who was it? Eric. Eric, Gunn. Eric. Gotcha. Is it okay? Cool. I got put it. Put it in the chat for me. Okay, here we go. They're off. Like that panda duck looking kind of strong coming out. You do not yeah. want to be first. He doesn't want to be right now. Like that. first never wins. Ten seconds in. <laughs> what is that scholarly duck coming on? That, that again, we normally run these for a minute. So that's. Oh, here we go. Here comes Kay Adams. Go. You don't want to be in the lead. Here comes Kay Adams going to win. We do not Kay want Silver Duck win. to win. We're going to Boston. This Come on, Kay. Do not Come on, do Kay. that. Come on, Kay. Oh, man. Is that a cop outfit? Feels like a brand so hold on. cop. Hold on, hold on. So hold on. As we went through this, Kay bought a bunch of ducks, but we only put one duck in her name because she said if she won, there, no there was just there was two. Just so you know, there was two. two. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's too funny. So it's Kay Adams right. and Eric Gunn. Two M. Eric Gunn, G U N N. I yeah. think it's Dunn. Dunn, D U N N. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, that's it. All this right, is, this we'll is go right here now. <laughs> we'll go thirty seconds on this. I have a feeling, I, Eric. I don't, I don't know who you are, Eric, but I have a feeling you're going to win either way. I think Kay's going to probably give you the jersey, but I won't speak for here her. Go. Here we go. Here we go. They're off. Eric Dunn, I won't, Donald I, Trump duck, <laughs> uh, up ahead. Kay Adams. Well, if he loses, the, he's uh, going to challenge it. Ohio anyway, so. yes. Highway <laughs> Workers Neon Green. Eric uh, Dunn is quacking loud. With I the thought we were going to win. 
Texas K is winning. Right really now. slow. She was really slow with K is not all. whipping her Dwayman. Here comes oh, K. Here she comes. Here she comes. <laughs> She's gonna get him. Yeah. Uh, uh, just to Eric, be clear, Eric Gunn can admit defeat and uh, give it to uh, Kay Adams. Listen, not protest. Kay's going to be very confused when Jimmy Texan says she beat Donald Trump in a duck race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So just, just for clarity, this is not something we can we can no. budget no. any way, shape, or form. Throwing names on a randomizer, the computer picks this. I swear to you, we had no control over this. Hilarious. Uh, that K wins, so I will. When the show's over, uh, we the will, list of uh, names I pulled from all fair and square. We're obviously very transparent with everything that we do here. Yeah, K Adam won <laughs> fair and square. Or, what can I say? Or if K, if K wants it, now all of a sudden you see the white Bengals helmet behind her on her show and the Logan Wilson frame jersey is what's going to happen. So that's hilarious. Well, Logan, hey, look, man, we'll we'll get in touch with you uh, probably tomorrow or the next day uh, with yeah. Will, and, and and we'll figure out uh, how do we want to get these funds to to that family. And uh, okay. it's crazy. I think she also small world, Logan. The small world. She also works for a very good friend of mine as well wow. uh, at the hospital. So uh, so she knew all about her in the situation too, That's which is really cool to hear. Yeah, please um, send our best, please. Yeah. So, brother, hey, Logan, hey, we appreciate you being here with us. Uh, appreciate you taking time uh, today. Look, man, uh, Hude Nation loves you, big dog. And we, we will be there loud and proud every game, home and away. I do want to ask one question, though. Could you tell down in Tampa the presence of the Cincinnati Bengal fans in the stadium? Talk about that if you could. Yeah. I mean, I, I, knew, I knew the presence when we ran out um, before the kickoff, and we didn't get booed as loud as we normally do. <laughs> there was I didn't make like, it to the game. I didn't make it to the game, but the national broadcast, it, all you could hear was Hude chants the whole game. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking around. There was there was a lot of Bengals fans in there. It was cool. So what what is what does that mean to you though on the field when you go to an away stadium? It's usually very hostile, right? Uh but what what does yeah. that mean? It gives you a little bit more energy, right? I assume. Yeah, for sure. I mean it shows the support of, you know, this fan base and I feel like it's growing too, you know, as you know, we keep winning games and um, you know, it's big for us and we can feed off that, especially at away games. Yeah. Well, big dog, we can't wait to, to yeah, thank you. how the rest of the season plays out, man. We'll be watching and, and good luck the rest of the year, man. We appreciate everything. Thank you guys. Well, good. Merry Christmas. Right, good yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Good Thanks, Thanks you, Logan. Good day. That was fun. I can't believe I can't hey, Adams watching that dog race. Oh my god. Amazing. Jimmy, can you text her now? I'm text. I'm texting her right now. So yeah, let's, let her know. <laughs> I won't speak for her, but I, I feel pretty good about Eric getting that jersey. I don't know, maybe not. But. You ought to send her the link. <laughs> Here, I, I tell you what. Let's go ahead, uh, Tony. Go ahead and talk about uh, you know uh, making a difference with uh, Tony the Tiger. Uh, some of the charity updates, and I'm gonna I'm hoping we get a response from Kay before the end of the show. Tony said he can't do it until you show the graphic, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what graphic we showed? You're making. I don't know. Hold on. Here, here. Hold on. The snazzy one that we all got. Where's it at? Yeah, I had the view. Here it is. Hold on. Here it is. Tony, talk about the Toys for Tide stuff. Yeah, so today was awesome. We had a really good day today. Um, as you guys know, we did a Toys for Tots drive. Um, we teamed up with the tailgate um, that you guys were able to contribute um, funds and toys to. And then also with my company, Duke Energy, uh, we were able to break our record of 800 toys. And we were able to gather 1,100 to uh, toys today, which we delivered, as some of the pictures showed. Um, we spent the day uh, helping organize, sort um, them toys out by age and gender and um it was just a phenomenal. I, I I actually got a little emotional, not to lie. You know, as we were unloading all them toys and putting them away, and um, the rep from uh, Toys for Tots was talking to us, and you know, she had eight hundred um, over eight hundred families that she had to help, and um, she uh, was uh, very proud to tell us that between them two efforts with the company and the tailgate, we had more donations of toys than all the whole community um, that gathered the toys. So that it was pretty phenomenal and pretty heartfelt so 
thanks again to all you guys, Hune Nation, um, for bringing those toys and the funds that we did for the raffle, and uh, as well as uh, the employees of Duke Energy who helped do that. And also, Duke Energy also gave us a $2,500 grant to help towards that effort. So kudos to everyone involved, and it was just, it was just a great day. <clears throat> so with that, it like we already talked, it brought our it brought our total over uh, $96,330 for the year to date, um, helping 17 different charities. So it's phenomenal. It's a great year. Wow. Crazy. It's awesome. Hey, so here's a message from Kay. Uh, she responded fairly quickly. Uh, she was asked how many ducks I need the footage posted. <laughs> she says, I never win anything. Uh-oh. Now the footage is going to be saying she's going to give the jersey to Eric. <laughs> no, she says, "How can we pay it forward?" Okay, uh, okay, hold on. Let's let's keep going here. All right, you go. Uh, you go have your text chat with Kay. We'll figure it out. Now, uh, well, no, we're good. We're good. We're staying on, on, on right. point here. So, Tony, thanks for that update. Who uh, day nation uh, again? So we'll we'll be doing something here, rolling something out here soon, and we got the, the next Monday night football game here in a couple weeks. We'll get some some stuff going there. So. That really puts us. That puts us really close to our hundred thousand dollar goal. I think we should bump to one hundred and fifty, Tony. $175. No, uh, but we're really we're really close to the the one hundred, and, and uh, we will celebrate that when we get there. And we're really close, and I think we'll pass that here in the next couple of weeks. So let's go ahead and go ahead and flip over. We're going to do uh, on the mark, uh, uh, bougie Mark, as Lisa Moran calls him. Mark, uh, kind of tell us about the video here. We're getting ready the weekend review, kind of uh, before we kick it off. All right, so as you guys know, we were away in Tampa, so there was no uh, Bengal Gyms block party to uh, navigate through, sadly. But we still had a good time. So Wednesday, we were at the meet and greet at the Ross Gold Star. Uh, we were there with Hude, the people from Gold Star, and uh, fan of the year, Phil. He was down. And this week, luckily, I was, uh, we all know Anne Marie, wonderful lady who works for the Alzheimer's Association. She was my on-site reporter this week. She went down and had some fun, so she stopped by the... Uh, meet and greet you guys had Wednesday and then she was at the game and at the tailgate. So just got some, you know, little short video, but it was, I feel some pretty good footage. So if you want to go ahead, you can roll it. Here we go. Who 
I don't know what's yeah. going on with Tom, but that happened last think, week to Tom. The video got him so yeah. excited. He had to <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually watching it on <laughs> He's his on his phone. way to Tampa as we speak. Hey, you captured that the, the chance of the Who Day, man. It, me and Jimmy were there. It was just, it was phenomenal to hear everyone screaming that Who Day in the stadium. It was great. It was, and it was like from the third the... quarter on. It was just you could hear every commercial break. Anytime something happened, it sounded like some of the Tampa fans may have left when they started turning the ball over. And just the whole half third quarter and the whole fourth quarter, you could just hear it. it was Who Day. It was just pounding. It was it was awesome. You guys were amazing. You guys look like you had a lot of fun at the tailgate, too. Like, how long have you been a Bengals fan? I'm 41 years old. It's like, <laughs> so all your life then? Or... <laughs> and thank you so yeah, we... much, Amory, for doing that. That was the thank you so much for doing that. What is going on with Tom here? Is he Tom, pay the light bill, sir. Is he protesting something? He's got right, black screen. Do me a favor. Quit touching buttons. Every time I watch you guys touch a button, I vanish. People. No button touching here, man. Gonna put no, we can't control that. That's funny. All right, so let's get our, our next thing here before we start talking about the more details in the Tampa game and talk about the Patriots game. Uh, Tom, on this date in Bengals history, we've had, given you a couple layoffs back-to-back weeks here, and I think this one is one as well. On this date in Bengals history, December 20th, 1970, what happened? Bengals clinched their first ever division title. Uh, at that time, the quickest that an expansion team had ever won a title in advance of the playoffs. They beat the living tar out of the then Boston Patriots at Riverfront Stadium to go there. I think they won their last seven in a row that year to uh, shock the NFL and the world and move on to the playoffs. There's uh, that epic photograph of Bill Berge and it might have been Ken Avery car- uh, carrying Paul Brown off the field a la Vince Lombardi. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, today's the day the uh, clinched the first title. Virgil Carter and Sam Weich, both at quarterback that day. Yeah. So we got a, I got a, a short clip here uh, that I want to play uh, of the game that Tom's talking about. Behind their Cinderella quarterback, Virgil Carter, number 11, the Bengals had only to beat Boston to be the youngest team ever to win a divisional title. The Bengals seemed headed for disaster in the first quarter when Carter was knocked senseless. But Carter came back moments later to throw a touchdown pass to Chip Myers, number 25. Ironically, Carter was stretched out again on the play, but this time he would not return to the game. He was replaced by Sam Weiss, number 14, who hasn't seen much playing time lately, but you'd never know it the way he performed as Carter's magic remained in the game with him. The Bengals thoroughly routed Boston. The whole Bengal phenomenon almost defies analysis, but Paul Robinson, number 18, in regaining the form of his rookie year, certainly hasn't done them any harm. In this game, he scored three touchdowns, and to become the complete ball player, all he has to do is become a little more enthusiastic. But in fact, the Bengals are winning on enthusiasm. Well, they are a team without stars, except for Speedy Thomas, number 17. And all he likes to do is communicate with them. With defensive tackle Mike Reed, number 74, back from an injury, the Bengal defense has achieved a cohesion and lacked during their early season troubles. The Bengals left the Patriots battered and stunned until the waning moments. Carter, Weiss, Robinson, Reed, they were all carrying Coach Paul Brown off the field as well they should, for he brought them back from a six-game losing streak to overtake favored Cleveland and record a smashing 45-7 clincher for the AFC Central title. With that kind of an accomplishment, you'd think Coach Brown had earned a new hat. But Paul Brown likes old hats, and the word coming from Cincinnati is simple and uncomplicated, like an old hat. So a couple things in that video, Tom. Um, the goalpost. You saw a couple highlights there, touchdowns, and that sack uh, Mike Reed had goalpost was in front of the end zone uh, at that time in NFL history. Uh, and then uh, the thing that's really cool, 
Paul Brown being carried off the very first year any from the AFL to the NFL, the very first year they carry him off. And Tom, what do we talk about that right there? That that image someday happening here in Cincinnati. You and I have talked about it. We talked about it with a good friend of the show, Cam Miller. How awesome it would be to have that as a statue, particularly on the west side of Paycor Stadium as you enter from the west side. I think that would be great in front of the uh, the orange and black stripes there. But yeah, some way to to uh, immortalize that moment because it was, you know, interestingly enough, Paul Brown said something to the fact that winning that division title set the team back a few years because it was not part of his schedule. He kept wanting to build. He had a vision and a schedule of where he wanted the team to be. And winning the title at that point uh, sort of slowed things down in, in his overall vision and how he was drawing things up. But it was a masterpiece in, in coaching. And like Tom Brookshire said, that was a team, I wouldn't say without stars. Uh, Mike Reed was the best young defensive tackle in the NFL. Bill Berge was as good a middle linebacker at that time as existed in the NFL. But, yeah, it was it was a team without superstars. Yeah, Ken Riley and, and Lamar Parrish. We're very uh, young. Very, very young. young. Very young. So, all right, guys. But that's that's a, a very, very big day uh, date in Cincinnati football history. Very cool. Very cool. I love those uniforms, the white uniforms with the orange and the Bengals written on it. I love our uniforms now. Those might be our best ever uniforms. I would, I would love to see a throwback game with those someday. Someday, just one game, a home game. If we, if we could, and man, some people are going to get really upset with this. Certainly not the Kansas City Chiefs. But if we could ditch the orange uniforms and bring back the pre nineteen eighty one uniforms for one game a year, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. I'd be on board with that. All right, guys, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the Tampa game, guys. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I was a little concerned. We had uh, Sam Hubbard went down, uh, so we were literally missing both our defensive ends uh, that game. We're already missing Cheeto. Uh, you know, our, our D-line wasn't getting great pressure early in the game with not having both of our ends in there, right? So uh, DJ Reader was a stud. Linebackers played well, and that safety core in the secondary played great, Tom. I mean, I, I – Tale of two halves. We couldn't have played a worse half of football this year than we did in Tampa. And when they had four or five turnovers the second half, Tom, this, that was a crazy game, buddy. It was a crazy game, but, you know, I don't think, you know, some people said that Tampa handed – I don't think they handed us anything. I, I think the Bengals' defense went out and got it in the second half. They just messed them up other than that punt, which, you know, national media, I, I don't care what you say, leave Gio alone. Leave G, he's a class guy and a great player. Leave him alone. But, uh, you know, is um, our, our buddy there producing the show uh, in the middle of the top can attest. Fortunately, I was able to keep my cool in the first half. I, I wasn't angry or frustrated in the least. Was I, Jamie? Not at all. No. no. Very, very, very nice messages being sent. <laughs> all right. Let's yeah. – uh, yeah, I'm not going to read these. I'm not going to read these texts. <laughs> no, no. What stays in the, what, what's in the group chat stays in the group chat. Absolutely. But, uh, Absolutely. Show, show one, show one, show all. You don't want that. You know, the odd thing, and I don't know if you guys, you and Tony being down there, because that's a, that first drive until the tip ball interception, I really thought, you know, man, Joe's going to throw for 450 yards today. I mean, he was just on. The timing was there. The receivers were open, and he was just zinging the ball. Even that interception was going to be a nice completion. Uh, had it not been tipped, I, I mean, he, he was he was in rhythm to begin with, and then after that interception, it seemed like it threw the whole team off schedule, and they really didn't get their win back till that uh, that last field goal right before halftime. And and I don't know, you know, Logan said they just kept to the plan and came out and just started playing better, but I you know I don't know what was in the water or what Coach Taylor told him at halftime, but but if you bottle it and sell it, you'll be a billionaire very quickly. I will say. Thank God for the uh, the defensive penalty on that uh, Joe Burrow getting sacked back at the 50-yard line. That play will be forgotten. You'll never hear about it ever again. But if that call stood, you'd be seeing that clip for years to come. So very thankful for the penalty there. Hey, very Tony, Tony any, what were your thoughts on that game? I know we talked about a lot of this. So. Yeah, it was a, a first half that uh, deflated us uh, as a fan base and as a team, it seemed like. Um, me and Jimmy just kept on looking at him like, what is going on? What What is happening here? Um, and then in that last, uh, what, minute, 
drive that we had at the second quarter. We're like, why haven't they been playing like this the whole game? Uh, they came back and we got that field goal. So that helped out a little bit. But, yeah, the second half coming back and playing like they did, uh, it was amazing. It was funny because some of the Tampa fans uh, around us were turning around and high-fiving Jimmy like, aha, yeah, here we go. And then so the second half, Jimmy's tapping this guy on the shoulder saying, hey, how about now? Give me a high-five. So it was kind of <laughs> funny to see that turn of events happen. But, uh, uh, but all in all – the fans were great. Um, nothing against the Tampa Bay fans. They were awesome. They treated us with respect. Uh, so I had no ill feelings there at all. Uh, but what a game. It, it was a great second half. It, it, it was funny. Tony and I were talking during the game. It almost gave me that vibe, that Cleveland Browns game, City Up North game earlier this year when we just, you know, we just laid an egg. It's okay. But that's that's no, how I was feeling. You all know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I was extremely proud because the week before, Tampa got their doors blown off by uh, San Francisco. So I think a lot of it had to do with, I mean, you have Tom Brady and they wanted to come out and prove a point because I think they were down 28-0 at half. So, I mean, we took their best punch from the greatest quarterback of all time. And in the second half, we turned it on. I mean, the, the coaches on the other side get paid too. So, I mean, it's not just we might be playing bad. The other team was playing really, really well. And we weathered the storm and we we eventually came out on top. You know, on that, Mark, um, Tony and Jim, you know, won't understand this because they were at the game and, and you, Jamie, and I watched it on the game. It, it bears repeating that, you know, Tony Romo is really impressed with that Tampa Bay squad. And, uh, boy, they, they really are using motion and play action uh, to the utmost. And, and I, to his credit, he was dying on that hill till about the two-minute warning. Uh, Can I tell you something? So I, I'm actually, and I don't know where you guys stand on Tony Romo. I actually am a fan of him as a commentator. I enjoy yeah, watching games he's commentating. Times. And and I watch him commentate non-Bengals games mostly. And I see a lot of my friends complaining about the bias that you hear him. And I never really see it until it's the Tampa Bay versus Cincinnati game. Oh, my God. The way he was just pouring like just puking praise on Brady, like he could never do wrong. And then as we kept coming back, coming back, it just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he just kept doubling down on everything. It was gross to like, now I see what people say about Romo, how he's just like, he's a homer for one of the teams almost every single time. Even the Jermaine it was, it was pick, like he didn't pick it; it hit the ground. They're like the ref is literally signaling that it's yeah. our ball. They're like he's running now, for no one, reason. One more quick thing: something that we did notice on TV, watching the national coverage. Um, our friend Caleb of the show caught the ball, caught the the ball in the uh, end zone there, uh, in the stands. I was a little bit uh, disappointed to see how quickly he threw that ball back, though. You guys, was he sitting near you guys when this happened? He was. He was in the other end zone. So Caleb. He texted me, but right before the show started, I didn't have time to download it because I was downloading all this other stuff we had. Uh, but I definitely wanted to talk about that. So, so you literally, miss the hat, yeah, you couldn't miss the hat. I'm getting all kinds of tech. Hey, is that the guy from the tailgate? Is that Caleb? Is that uh, Von Bell asked for the ball back? He just Von Bell went like this, and he was Snapchatting as he was doing, got himself catching the ball, throwing the ball back. He was on national TV. We got to get that ball back for him. So, I think we need to get a hold of Von and, and see how in the hell we get that ball back for him. He was. Speaking speaking of balls, uh, Jimmy footballs, there there's been a movement. Yeah, <laughs> that, save that for the opener next year. Uh, but Mitchell Wilcox's football uh, from his, his yes. first touchdown. I don't know if anybody has turned that in yet. Uh, or tracked him it. it it was a Bengals fan, from what I understand, that uh, ended up with it, and that was a monster spike to his credit. But my understanding, it is a Bengals fan that caught it and then ran up the steps with it. So if anybody it knows does. who that was, please contact them. It, like it sounds like they found him, Tom. They found him. So uh, Mitch is uh, is talking to him, trying to figure out how to get that ball and what he's got to do to get it. So it sounds like that, that person's been found. I wonder if it was somebody from here or a Bengal fan in Florida. I don't know. But it's funny. You could throw 20 balls in the stands randomly, I guarantee you. Yeah, all it would have been Bengal fans catching his ball. That's how many Bengal fans were down there, guys. <laughs> all right, let's 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 move forward here, guys. We've got the uh, not the Boston Patriots, but the New England Patriots coming up here this Saturday, uh, you know, Christmas Eve. Foxborough. Uh, let's let's talk about that game. I, I'll, Tom, I'll let you kick this off again. Um. Well, as as long as um, they're not lateraling the ball, they're a very tough team. Um. They uh. You know. 
coached by one of the, the greatest coaches in the history of the game. And they've got a very efficient, good quarterback. They've got still got an outstanding, powerful defense. So, I mean, it'll, it'll take the Bengals' best game to win, especially on the road. Uh, traveling back from 60 degrees in Tampa, you know, on, on Sunday. Now they're going to have to fly out on Thursday, which they lose a, a day of, you know, a half day of practice on Friday. So that's, you know, two days away from your own bed uh, up in New England. So, you know, there, there are a lot of challenges. But there again, if the Patriots play their best game and the Bengals play their best game, we should come back uh, with the win. And everybody in Cincinnati has a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I, I like what um, – I don't know if you guys watched uh, Burroughs' press conference today, but – I like what he says about, you know, the reporter asked him, do you know if you went on Saturday, you clinch a playoff spot? If Jacksonville Jaguars went on Thursday, we clinch a playoff spot. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. I'm sure you guys all know that. Uh, and Joe says, I don't worry about that. I worry about every game. I, we want we want to win the division. We want to, we want to win the AFC. We want, to, we want the bye. That's what we're going for. So I think we, I think we win this game. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be because this is what makes Bill Belichick a good coach. He games plans against good quarterbacks, and then he seems to lose against bad ones like Derek Carr. But yeah, Tony, Tony, your thoughts about this weekend? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to go. Me and Carrie, uh, so we're we're actually thinking about flying out Thursday as well. Uh, first time in the stadium, so I'm just looking forward to the game um, experience. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to bring that W back for Christmas for the Natty. Mark? Uh, obviously, I'm super excited, but uh, I am slightly worried. Um, I think one of the Bengals' Achilles heels is the tackles, and the uh, Patriots have two very good rush ends. They have very good bend. They can turn the corner extremely quick, and our tackles seem to struggle with that. So I think that we're going to have to game plan against that very well. So I hope Zach Taylor and the crew get in their bag because it's going to be an extremely difficult game. Yeah, I, I think well, – I want to see two things specifically other than the win. Uh, I want to be able to run the ball better, guys. We've got to run the ball better going into the playoffs. Uh, it's critically important. Uh, we've got to stay healthy uh, for sure coming out of that game. And Carrie did say uh, since day one before the season started, she called a 13-4 and four season. And it wasn't looking too good the start of the season, but Carrie is uh, every every time we win a game, she keeps telling, "Hey Jimmy, I told you so. I told you so." Thirteen and four, <laughs> she's, she's been on it. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you put some money on that. I promised her a steak dinner if that happens, man. Thirteen and four, I'd be more than happy to buy her a damn steak. <laughs> but the Bengals were in Vegas at the beginning of the season, nine and a half over under. So right, so guys, we're you made that bet. Let, let's talk. About, we'll finish with this, guys, before we get to our two minute warning. Ten wins. We've been talking for weeks now, Tom. Ten win gets us into playoffs. Whatever those rate, it's ninety nine percent chance the Bengals get to. We got ten wins now. Now let's look forward here. There's there's a possibility if we went out, we potentially could have that number one seed, Tom. Thirteen will probably get us that number one seed. A richly deserved week off to heal up and and get after it from there. So, you know, the only way we can get to thirteen is by beating New England. And I'm sure that's where they have focused. They've, they've got a lot of challenges this week. Uh, they're going to have a challenge every week till the end of the season. But, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Joe Burrow. We, we don't care about what the Jets or the Jaguars or anybody else does. They just take care of their own business. And they've certainly done that since Halloween. Yeah, sure have. Sure have. Okay. Guys, uh, let's go ahead and close this out. I've got a very special two-minute warning tonight. Uh, Hannah? And Brandon, it's Hannah's birthday today. I think she turned 21 again, Tony. It's 21, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's 21 again. I don't, uh, you know, Brandon got luck. Brandon is the luckiest man in the world getting this lady right here. But this is the start of our two-minute war. When we come out of the two-minute war, we'll start with Mark. Here we go. This is your two-minute warning. <laughs> you see that little head down, kind of that little glare at the end? When she's mad at somebody, that's what she does. So Brandon sees that look all the time. I see it every now and then at the game and the tailgate. But uh, Hannah, thanks for doing the two-minute warning. I got a bunch of other uh, two-minute warnings we'll be uh, using for fans here uh, very soon. Mark, go ahead and close this out. And she's not to be confused with her almost-looking twin sister, which I made a mistake <laughs> at the tailgate a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm just super excited. Uh, 
it's going to be a little different watching the game on Saturday. Um, I'm, I really hope we win. Uh, we have a little tradition where we go to my uh, grandma's house for Christmas Eve and we all spend time together. So if we don't win, I will not have anywhere near as good of a time. So I really hope we win. And all the fans that are traveling, Tony, you are absolute soldier flying out uh, during the blizzard. So have a good time. Be safe and bring the dub back, sir. Thanks, sir. Tony? Yeah, so uh, the game we had in Tampa, uh, awesome. Uh, came back in the second half. And um, I just wanted to say that, you know, I think Burrow became the Brady when we came back from that underdog. You know, it was the Brady used to do that to us all the time and the other teams, and we were able to give it back to him. So it's kind of cool to see that happen. Um, as for this week, uh, as Mark said, I, I, me and the wife are traveling, um, looking forward to it. And the funny thing is, it's going to be warmer in Foxborough than it is here in the Natty. So kind of kind of weird for that situation. But uh, looking forward to it and hoping to bring uh, back a W for the Christmas and uh, hope everybody has a great holiday. Yeah. Tom? Um, I already had my thoughts on the game. Uh, Jimmy, this is uh, Christmas week. And I know uh, for you and I especially, we always like to remember uh, – the best Bengal Santa Claus of all, Doug Pelfrey, back-to-back years on Christmas Eve, sending us home from Old Riverfront with clutch last-second kicks two years in a row to win that. We've also had a couple sour notes, uh, lost uh, courtesy of Fat Randy, uh, a loss in Houston a few years ago on New Year's Eve, and then the uh, epic one here, right here in my my own man cave, Christmas Eve, uh, the Bengals playing the Broncos, Bengals win. They lock up a playoff spot. Unfortunately, a, a botch snap on an extra point with about 10 seconds to go uh, into the season for us. And uh, his family legend accurately will depict. I looked at my wife's family and proclaimed that Christmas was effing canceled. Go home. <laughs> and uh, took my kids who were still kind of little at the time to look at him and say, you don't understand. He's serious. But uh, so I think this this Christmas Eve is going to be a much better Christmas Eve. Uh, Tony, come home safe. Bring us a win. And uh, I'm going to, in honor of our opponent this week, I'm going to lateral it up to our buddy Jamie. All right. Perfect. That's it. I missed a few weeks and we got it perfect. We got it perfect. Yeah, guys, it was just really good to be back on the show, guys. I've, I've missed so much time that when Jimmy went to tell everyone that James wasn't here, he said Jamie wasn't here. That's how much time. That's, that's how much time. That's how used to you guys are not having me on. That's the first name that comes to mind. Uh, yeah, we've been really busy uh, at my business with uh, Christmas parties and stuff. It's been really hard to get away, but uh, I'm glad to be back on. Um, obviously, it's always fun to come on the show when we've won six in a row. Even though we do this show and we lose six in a row, we uh, it's nice to come on when we're winning six in a row. And um, the one thing I will say, I don't know about you guys, but Christmas is weird this year. I don't know if like the Christmas spirit just doesn't seem to be there for a lot of people. Maybe it's like the COVID hangover and everything going on. But I think the NFL has answered a lot of football fans' prayers with a uh, a full schedule of games on Christmas Day and the Bengals playing on Christmas Eve. I Super looking forward to doing that over the holidays. So, and again, I'll say the same thing as everyone else said. Tony, awesome that you're gonna go down there and represent uh, Cincinnati at Foxborough. Get there safe. You and Carrie have a good time and uh, come back with a dub. Yep. Jim? Uh, guys, just uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, I am not uh, going to Foxborough this weekend. I've uh, I'm breaking like a 43, 44 game streak. Uh, Christmas Eve, all kinds of stuff going on with the family. I've been to been to New England twice before, uh, so I'm going to be sitting this one out. It's going to be weird for me sitting at home or where I'm going to be watching the game at this weekend. So I am kind of looking forward to that. I uh, hope the rest of our crew, Tony, you, Carrie, uh, Brandon, uh, Caleb, I think Luke and Mariana, and, and our normal crews all heading down there. So be safe uh, getting down there and back with the bad weather, uh, potential bad weather there. I uh, would also like to thank the tailgate. Uh, the tailgate this past week, guys, I, I just can't begin to tell you. I, I think some people were pretty upset with me that they couldn't get into the tailgate and they thought I would just let them in. Guys, you know, we sold uh, pre-sold a thousand tickets to that tailgate. We had limited space. I'm so sorry we couldn't get everybody in there, but I tell you what, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, what I've learned over the years, 30 years of doing this, um, we tailgate a little differently here in Cincinnati. I know they talk about all these, the national narrative is hard to change. Like Kay Adams said last week, they always talk about Buffalo. They talk about all these other cities. 
Cincinnati is one of the best tailgating cities in the NFL, period. We know that for a fact. But I would like to thank the Bengal Trailer uh, for coming down, uh, joining us. Cincinnati Music Accelerator. Kickley drove his entire trailer stage down there. Great sound system. Amazing sound system. Uh, Means Cameron, Black-owned, set up a, a shop down there. And uh, James worked the gate. Uh, and me, Tony, uh, Lori, uh, Caleb uh, were putting on wristbands. We had a beer ambulance that had we were pouring beer out of the side. Craig said he pours seven, eight hundred beers himself. He's been his business is beer. That's what he does for a living or beer events. He said he's never poured so many beers in one night in his life. Uh, he, him himself, we had five people working that beer. He poured over seven hundred. He said close to eight hundred. Uh, an amazing time, and none of that happens without a huge group of people. And I'm missing somebody. I know there were people that actually volunteered when they were down there to help us pour beer. I think they probably regretted that, uh, you know, as they got through the tailgate. But what an amazing time. The tailgate was literally right across the street, almost the same distance uh, that our tailgate is here in Cincinnati to the stadium. That's how close we were. And Bengal fans were awesome. Uh, I just absolutely love it. So, guys, Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. Uh, let's get this dub here Saturday, and we'll see you next week. We've got another great guest coming on. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you who that is later. Good day, everybody. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Good day, guys. Cheers.